Penguins, according to Jim Rutherford and Mike Sullivan and absolutely everyone else associated with the franchise, are committed to getting younger, fresher, and faster going into the 2021 season, whenever it is that that actually begins. I am here to tell you that as much as I respect these guys and trust them, I will believe this when I see it. Good morning to you. Good Wednesday morning. I'm Dayan Kovacevic of DK Pittsburgh Sports. And this, the newly reborn DK Sports Radio Podcasting Network. This is the Daily Shot on Penguins. I've been doing a Daily Shot show for a few months now in which I combined Steelers, Penguins, and Pirates all into one thing. Decided to break them apart. I'm much more comfortable dealing with one subject and one team at a time and giving you everything I've got in that specific capacity. So I hope you enjoy this. I hope you recommend it to your hockey friends and they don't have to fear, oh no, he might talk about the Pirates next or the Steelers if you're not interested in one or both of Pittsburgh's other teams. I am skeptical, respectfully, I'm going to say that again, skeptical of the Penguins' plans for the coming season as it relates to young players. When I do a mock-up of this team's starting from the back defense core, I don't have room for Yuso Ricola. Yuso Ricola is a 7 on my depth chart. Mike Matheson wasn't acquired for Patrick Hornquist to go sit in the press box. They're going to make use of him. They're going to try to bring out everything they can from his considerable skill set. We'll see if they pull it off or not, but there's no doubt in my mind they're going to try. When you get to the forwards, you would think that there'd be some kind of room, there'd be some kind of options. You might even think that the Penguins would have gone into this process with the idea that, look, let's at least just try these kids and see if they can make an impression the way they did in 2016, the way Jake Gensel alone did in 2017. And I'm not going to compare Sam Lafferty and Anthony Angelo and any of the other younger players to a young Jake who came up, obviously, and scored on his very first shift, a couple goals that night, remember, against the Rangers. And it was clear right away that Jake had something special going on. I'm also not going to compare them to the guys from the previous year because Brian Rust has turned out to be a really, really good National Hockey League player. And they had others who contributed to both of those championships. But the common denominator was that at least they got a shot. At least they were given a chance. If you enter this camp, whenever this camp starts, with the same mindset that the Penguins had entering this past summer camp, which was there is no way, no way, Lafferty, and I'm just going to focus on Lafferty here. It's not to make him out to be, you know, some budding superstar or anything else like that, but just because he's, he's, a, he's a perfect example for me. There's no way Lafferty's making this roster. All you had to do was pen out all the various lines and, you know, find some kind of place for Patrick Marlowe, even though there never really was one for him on the roster. 
and see that the only way Lafferty was going to make the roster was if there were in injuries or even a mass of injuries. That's what it was going to take. So what ends up happening in that camp? Lafferty and Evan Rodriguez, who, by the way, was smartly brought back by Jim Rutherford during this offseason, they go out there and they, they were the they were the two best performers. That doesn't mean they're the two best players. It doesn't mean they were the two most talented players. I'm not being an idiot here. But they outperformed everybody else, which should have told you a couple of things. One, the rest of these guys weren't doing all they could to be ready to jump headfirst into game one of a playoff series. But two, you should have given these kids a chance. You certainly should have given Lafferty a chance. He was blowing people away, shift after shift. Size, speed, he was scoring, he was setting up, he was doing everything. And then he just sat. He just sat. So did Rodriguez. Yeah, they each popped into one game in the Montreal series. But by then, the Canadians had set the tone. The Canadians were on their way. And the Penguins, the older, non-fresher, non-faster, non-younger Penguins, were still trying to get their legs. The mentality, the mentality that the young players come last was the only thing, I'm convinced of this, that dictated that Lafferty in particular would sit. That there was no way he was going to get on the ice. And that has to change. But tell me where it has. It, it hasn't from roster composition. It hasn't. I understand Rutherford adding Rodriguez and Mark Jankowski, the, the, the big penalty killer in center, from the Flames in this offseason. But I don't understand the roster as a whole, and maybe some subtractions that could have been made to clear room for younger, fresher, faster players. Put the lines together. Forget the top two. You know the top two lines. Okay, Those are as set as they could possibly be. When you get to a third line, let's presume that it's the, you know, the reunification of Teddy Bluger between Zach Aston Reese and Brandon Tanev. I mean, that's a fairly safe thing to say, right? So what are you looking at for the fourth line? You're looking at Jankowski, Rodriguez maybe, right? Colton Sevier, who a lot of people forget about, but he also came in the Patrick Hornquist trade along with Matheson. And Jared McCann, the homeless, positionless player. I love Jared McCann. It, it, it crushes my soul to say anything negative about him. But he doesn't have a position. He wants to be a center. He thinks he's a center. Sometimes the Penguins think he's a center, and they put him there, and they find out that he's not a center. But when they put him on the wings, they find out that he plays the wing like a center, meaning he doesn't battle hard enough along the boards to get puck position and doesn't do enough things to make sure that you sustain time in the attack zone. So what is he? I mean, he's fast and he can shoot, but his fastness and his shootness 
got him no goals in his last 23 games. Besides, is he really going to develop into whatever it is that you hope that he is by being on the third or fourth line? You know, I don't know. I don't think so. But how many players did I just give you there and not one of them was Lafferty? What about Samuel Poulin? Ah, see, now I got your attention. You like Samuel Poulin. Everybody wants to see Samuel Poulin on this team, right? Doesn't mean he's going to be completely ready. Doesn't mean he's going to be a finished product. Certainly not defensively. His awareness on the ice uh, is going to require some kind of time to groom, to bring along. But you want to talk about getting younger, fresher, faster. That kid will do it for you just by hopping over the boards. He's scoring goals virtually at will in the junior ranks. And because of the, the, the stupid Canadian junior transfer rules, he can't be placed in the American League. He's either NHL or juniors. So you could do the thing where you keep him up for nine games and then send him back down. But who are you going to sit to do that? You've already locked up the roster spots. And don't tell me otherwise. And, and again, I have to keep emphasizing this. I respect these guys and trust them, but I can still be skeptical of what it is that they're saying, including directly to me. Jim Rutherford has told me directly that Samuel Poulin will get a chance to make this team for this coming season out of this coming training camp. He has said the same thing about Lafferty. But you can say that and still have in your head something else entirely. Sullivan said before the summer camp that Lafferty absolutely had a chance. He brought it up on his own. This was on the second day of camp. I remember it. Lafferty is not here just to sharpen the other guys up. Lafferty is here because he has a chance to be playing for us in game one. Right from the head coach. And all Lafferty did was go miles above and beyond whatever any reasonable evaluator could have wanted to see and still was left watching most of this coming series against Montreal from afar. I don't know what it's going to take. I don't know. Uh, I'd like to say that it would take Poulin or someone like that coming into camp and just flooring people, uh, or maybe even a surprise like a Nathan Legare or someone like that who would come in and just wow them to some extreme. But then we just saw Lafferty do that. Somebody at some point in this organization, and I believe it's going to have to be the general manager, is going to have to step in and say, hey, listen, <laughs> this might work for us, you know, burying the young kids in the first month or so of a season, but it's not doing us any favors by the time we get to playoffs. We need to start bringing these guys in and start making room for them. I hope that happens. I hope that what these guys told me is accurate. I hope that I can tell you in a month or two or whenever hockey starts, hey, those guys actually did tell me the truth. They actually are going to let these guys play. But we'll see. We'll see about that. When we come back, I'll be joined by DK Pittsburgh Sports Hall of Fame hockey writer Dave Molinari. 
Welcome back. Joined by Hall of Fame hockey writer Dave Molinari. And Dave, you've spent a lot of this pandemic communicating uh, with Jim Rutherford. And in the couple of conversations that I've had with him, he has sounded very, very serious about having the Penguins get, and these terms are going to sound very familiar to you, younger, fresher, faster. Um, is that really going to happen? I know what he did from the roster standpoint, but is that really going to happen in this coming season? Well, I, yeah, I mean, I, I think they are younger. Um, they are probably a, a, a little faster. Um, mm-hmm. the, the real key is, are they better? And, hmm. you know, we won't know that for a while. I mean, I, I suspect, you know, on paper, I think it's a, it's a better group than the one that uh, went out in four games against Montreal. But, you know, uh, what, hap- what you see on paper doesn't always translate to what happens on the ice. I mean, we're going to have to see, uh, you know, there will be a lot of big variables like will Kasperi Kapanen uh, fit in well with, with Crosby. Uh, you know, it, when uh, on again on paper, his skill set and, and those of Crosby seem like a uh, like the dovetail pretty nicely. But you know, we'll have to see if it actually works out that way. You know, uh, Mike Matheson has the potential to be a considerable upgrade on Jack Johnson if he's able to take his game back to where it was in Florida a couple of years ago. Uh, that certainly is possible. He's uh, he's entering what should be the prime of his career, but you know we don't know yet how he's uh, you know how he's going to play. Let alone how he's going to play with with new partner in, in Cody Cece, who you know is another addition to to the defense. So you know it, it, it's all early to to pass judgment. I think we'll at least want to see training camp. And probably some some actual games that count mm-hmm. before you know we can really get an accurate feel for good or how bad this team could be. Yeah, I th- I think boy, Kapanen is such a big swing vote to use an election term. <laughs> you know, um, how he goes oh. is going to determine pretty much how this whole off season went. The risk of laying it on thick for pressure for the kid. Uh, but when you see his speed, and Rutherford uh, said to me one day, he said, you know he's the fastest player on our team now. And before I had a chance to say it, he said, yes, faster than Rust. Um, I hadn't really thought of it that way. And he's always had the finishing touch, no pun intended, Uh you know, he, he's had that from his first development camp. We've seen it even in, in drills. It's just the puck just comes off some people's sticks differently. Um, but putting that together, and then, Dave, if you have Kapanen and Crosby and Gensel on a line, who's who's the Dom, you know? who Who's Dominic Simone on that line? You mm. know Sid and Jake aren't going to be just yeah. jumping back to take care of everything else. No, I mean Crosby in particular is pretty responsible defensively, but I'm I'm right. not sure that I want him out there, you know, trying to 
you know, uh, win a Selkie trophy, you know, maybe someday you don't want him get one, but, with it. but I, you know, I, yeah, I don't, I don't want that. I, I don't want him being Teddy Bluger. Um, you know, there are, I, I have a, <laughs> with all due respect to Teddy, by the way, fine. Uh, yeah. fine I, <laughs> uh, and uh, yeah, I, I like him and, and I think, uh, there, there's more that, uh, that we're going to see from, from Teddy Bluger in the years mm-hmm. ahead. But, uh, you know, right now you certainly can't argue that he's miscast as a bottom six forward. And, uh, I don't think he's tell you that Crosby's miscast as a top uh, centerman. So, um, yeah, it's, uh, you know, that, that's going to have to be sorted out. Certainly, um, you know, the, the defensive onus, if, if it goes on one player, uh, perhaps the thinking will be that they'll spend so much time in the attacking zone, you know, that the, the best defense is a good offense. Um, if not, then there are going to have to be guys who, you know, adjust their games. And can you know, a young you player crack this roster? Is that realistic, Dave? Can a young player? And I, 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 I can define that as, as uh, like a Lafferty example or a Poulin example. They're obviously in separate categories for different reasons. But can, can either of those guys make this team? I think uh, in Lafferty's case, I think it depends on how many guys they carry. You know, if, uh, you know, if they would go with a conventional 23-man roster limit, if the Penguins would carry 13 forwards, I think he has a, a decent shot at it. Uh, Poulin, unless there are injuries, it's, it's hard to see how he would be here at, at the start of the season. They just, they have so many guys on one-way contracts, you know, that, that the easy thing to do is to send down a, a guy who's on his two-way entry-level contract and who doesn't need to clear waivers to go to the American League, assuming there's an American League uh, this winter. So, and I mean, it's it's the same thing with uh, P.O. Joseph. Um, you know, mm-hmm. I think he he looks like he's going to have a pretty nice career in this league at some point. But, you know, right now they've, They've got eight defensemen on one-way contracts, right? Um, right, including including Ricola, you know, right? Yeah, that, that's right. You know, so unless you, you know, trade a defenseman, which you know obviously is always a possibility, uh, same as trading a forward would be. Um, I, I find it really hard to believe that any of the the few really top-notch prospects in their organization are good bets to, to make the team out of training camp. Dave, thanks as always. Appreciate it. My pleasure, Dan. When we come back, just one question. At 
Point Park University, in the heart of downtown Pittsburgh, they understand there's no substitute for real-world experience and career-building connections. Their innovative curriculum engages students with distinctive experiential learning opportunities. Point Park's pioneering co-op program empowers qualified students to work in full-time, paid positions with their corporate partners while earning college credits. Visit pointpark.edu works to learn more. Career ready. That's the point. Point Park University. Your front door. Your car. Your gym locker. Your gun. Safety is a habit. Learn more about how to keep guns safe and secure. Visit projectchildsafe.org. Welcome back. It's time for just one question. And the way to get your just one question to me is to send it through, oh, whatever you want, really. Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. Put it on DK Pittsburgh Sports. Put it on our app. I'll find it. I've been collecting them from all over, and I have some good ones. And Adi Suchovic sends a good one today. She asks, how do you feel about the Penguins getting Cody Cece and Mike Matheson? And those are obviously separate acquisitions, and I'm going to be a little reluctant to lump them together even if they end up getting uh, paired together, which seems likely. The first thought that I have is that Matheson has uh, a ceiling. Uh, out of those two guys, that's the thing that jumps to mind. CeCe really doesn't. Uh, Matheson is a guy who has exceptional wheels. He has a really good scoring touch from the point. He's not great uh, at joining the rush or leading the rush, but he can be at times. His issues have been entirely based in his own end and becoming something of a headless chicken there. And when it happens, it's not a great look. If you want a comparison... Uh, or something to kind of put in your head of what Matheson is like when he's not at his best. Picture the worst versions of Yuso Ricola uh, or Jack Johnson when they're just looking around trying to find something or someone to check, you know? Uh, Matheson was very much capable of doing that in his years in Sunrise. He's also the kind of player that if you're the Penguins, you like to take a flyer on because he does, Matheson, the things that you can't coach. Uh, he can s skate like the wind. Uh, he's When you see him the first time carrying the puck up the ice, you'll, you'll be convinced the Penguins got the steal of a lifetime. That can't be something that the coaches work with you on, you know. You, when you reach the NHL, you've either got that or you don't. So they like to think, the Penguins do, that between Mike Sullivan and then bringing in Todd Reardon, who's had a history of improving defensemen who are generally known to be more one-way guys, think of Reardon's earliest work with Latang uh, as Exhibit A, they think they can – solidify his game, simplify his game 
uh, in the defensive zone. CeCe, all I'm going to say about him is he was beat up on so badly by the fans in Ottawa and then in Toronto that he was kind of like their right-handed Jack Johnson, if you will. I don't think the bar should be very high for him. And if that sounds mean, so be it. When you're talking about a third-pairing defenseman, if you can get somebody who has upside, and bear in mind this does look like it'll be the third pairing because you've got Latang and Dumoulin and you've got Marino and Pedersen ahead of them. If this is your third pairing, chances are you're going to be okay. You know, uh, that's the way to look at this. Look around at the other 30 NHL teams and their defensive depth and what they have on the third pairing. And you're not going to see a whole lot of stars. You know, you're going to find maybe a couple that'll have uh, people on that third pairing that'll make you go, wow. Uh, but you're not going to see a ton of it. What you want is mobility. In the modern NHL, both of these guys have that. Uh, what you want is upside and the ability to join the rush and to sustain the attack. Both of these guys can do that. Neither of them is particularly good defensively. That's the price you pay for them being on the third pair. Thanks so much for that. That was that was good stuff. Glad I had a chance. To, I don't know that I've even spoken or written about either of those guys since they've been acquired. Good stuff. We'll be back tomorrow. Tomorrow.